and we're back. What's up, everybody? Benja, well done coming at you live on this beautiful corona free day. Today is Sunday, Sunday, November the 1st at 12.33 in the afternoon. How are you doing? So here's the thing. Um, I did a comedy show at the Urban Camp Festival weekend in New Braunfels, Texas. It was so amazing. It was such an honor. It was so much fun. There was over 700 people there. Great show. Had some uh, microphone uh, difficulties and whatnot, but it was it, it was a great showing. Uh, great host, great owner. Everything was so great about it. I wish I could have done better. Um, with uh, uh, I was just having some microphone difficulties, so some lines were missed and... Uh, I mean, from the audience, so when I said the next part, it didn't click, it didn't make sense. Um, but listen, hands down uh, to Mr. Kevin Knight. He's the shit, he's amazing, he's got, a, he's got a dream, he's an entrepreneur, he's doing a lot of big things, so I was very impressed with his uh, whole business model. Besides from that, here's the thing. You know, the hardest, biggest challenge right now in comedy, in, in my personal opinion, I said it before and I'll say it again, uh, as far as this whole corona thing goes, especially it being really damaging towards jobs such as mine, uh, um, where where comedy, you pretty much have two opportunities to really impress the people and have them follow up with you, um, which is before you do comedy and after you do comedy. When you do comedy, I would be actually showing them my worth, my value, and stuff like that. Um, but before is when I could actually socialize, meet with people, and have like a one-on-one -on -one experience, get to know people. Uh, just like after a show, ordinarily after a show, I'd be doing all sorts of like uh, pictures and hugs and handshakes and, and stuff like that. Not because I want to touch people's hands, not because I want to hug their bodies. No, it's like a really cool, when you give people like those feelings of like happiness and joy and laughter, and not just that, they sort of understand your, your viewpoint um, of life and whatnot. And they sort of get to know a little bit about you. It's like they already know you, which is great about this show that I do right here, right now, is because it can it can help keep the ball rolling as far as momentum in between shows and stuff like that for comedy. Um, but as far as the corona goes, here's the thing. That's the one thing that I'm not doing, which is the biggest part of networking. Uh, it's the before and after um, of comedy, which is all that networking. So, I mean, I'd hate to say it, but to a degree, if you were to do comedy and completely ignore everybody, it's pretty much useless. Aside from the fact that you're doing well, you're not building your base, which is what I, I, I'm, I'm always working on. Like, I'm always working, continuing to try to do, right? Because this whole corona thing, it puts a real damper in that whole uh, situation and possibility to meet more people, to do meet and greets and get to know people and stuff like that. So, because, you know, you don't want to get corona. As a matter of fact, I purposely did not do a multiple amount of shows. A multiple amount of shows. Some trying to cut me off. Um, leading up to this big show, because I didn't want to get Corona leading up to it. Which brings me to this point. When it comes down to Corona, it's not a matter of uh, uh, if you'll get it, it's a matter of when. The president of the United States, out of all of his secret service and bodyguards and temperature checks and everything, he still got it. If he can get it, all bets are off, okay? Um, so if you have a job in the entertainment business or you're doing something that has to do with uh, promoting yourself and, and networking, 
that is the biggest challenge because without actually shaking those hands and meeting those people, there's something really awkward and offensive. When somebody puts their hand out to shake it, you look at them like there's something wrong with them. You gotta understand socially, everybody understands about social distancing right now, but it's still, even then, perceived as kind of like an insult. Um, so you gotta you gotta tread a very delicate line between offending some uh, offending somebody and keeping yourself safe. And I mean, this whole thing is such a disaster. It has not ever there is not. And by the way, mentioning disaster, Governor of New York, Governor Cuomo. That's not how you exactly call his name, but I'm calling him that, Governor Cuomo. Um, they just announced in New York that um, anybody that travels from out of state is going to have to have like a, a 72-hour quarantine. So that's a few days, right? Just to do nothing before you actually can enter the city and, and shop or do whatever you want. Bro, are you trying to completely collapse your state? What is wrong with you? Highly doubt he's going to see this directly. But if you do, sir, Mr. Governor... Whoever is talking in your ear, you need to tell them to change that shit. That's ridiculous. That's silly. What are you talking about? You know, that's not even a matter of if. That's a matter of when. It comes down to when you will do more damage to your own state and constituents. This is not a political show, so I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying. Oh, here's a great guy, all sorts of stuff, but seriously, come on, bro, like... I know people in New York that, well, that planned on going to New York. Matter of fact, I planned on going to New York just to have a little vacation, a little Christmas visit and stuff like that with the missus. Check it out. Not anymore. Not if, after, if we wanted to be there for a weekend, our whole trip would be in quarantine. Seriously, it would. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it just got announced today. And not just that, Europe and England and, um, I know Europe is a continent, but I'm saying Europe, Europe in general, and specifically England also, um, uh, they're all doing like strict lockdowns all over again, so. <sighs> and this great state of Texas is as best as it can get, and even then, it still has its challenges. It's a weird, weird situation. You know, I highly, highly believe that no matter what I do, like, perfect example, this show that I did, there was over 700 people there, right? Could I got it while I'm there? 100%, but guess what? I'm also going to the grocery store today, and I might get at the grocery store. You know? I'm just saying, it's not a matter of if you get it, it's when you get it. And if, if people can get it more than once, if this is just going to have to be a new norm of life... help everyone that I mean this is just such a such a kick in the ass like it's just it's awful you know and I'm not getting into a, a whole like you know I'm not, I'm not saying anything depressed I'm just being honest with you you know um, it sucks um, especially if you're trying to meet new people imagine being single right now dating during corona what the hell bro come on now I keep saying bro I'm growing out quite a bit but anyway um but yeah, like, what the hell? Can you imagine dating right now during Corona? Ironically enough, I hear uh, dating has actually gone up because nobody has nothing to do. 
so I guess we're having a lot of house dates and physical visits, if you know what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, it's just such a crazy situation. I don't, I don't have an answer for it. Um, but anyway, so this is just a quick crash update of, um, uh, how the show went. Shout out to everybody. Hope everybody's doing really good and everything. And, um, let you know that, uh, I'm always progressing, but these are the challenges that I have laid ahead of me. You know, I also have to, I have to vet and develop comedy in a situation where it's hard to get feedback from and do it open mics because most of these places are already closed. It's like I said before, it's kind of like if you're, let's just say you're like a professional fighter and you wanted to try like a new punch and you haven't even trained. That's essentially in some aspects, not exactly, but there were parts of what uh, jokes that I did last night. Um, it's not that it kind of didn't work and it was kind of like some technical difficulties because um, they would miss one line. So they missed the setup. So when I said the punchline, it didn't make sense because they, they heard like the second half of something. Um, and, and then it might have been how I was holding the microphone also, but I tried like four different grips if I ever had microphone difficulties and it still wasn't changing anything. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, some of it, I know that I was still developing. Um, and, um, you know, I believe that it's more rewarding to, to, to make, and it's more memorable. It, it is more memorable to, to do in comedy, uh, uh, a topic of discussion that may be a little bit more taboo maybe kind of controversial and stuff like that because if I can actually bring humor out of something like that, that's that long lasting humor where after the fact you can actually share it with somebody else and you have a different viewpoint and I'm not trying to change what people believe or think socially, alright, but what I'm saying is I believe that all topics can be addressed even the, the potentially worst of topics in a humorous way as long as you do it in an intelligent way so the topic that I'm kind of getting into is just divorce and the hypocrisy of how people are essentially rewarded nowadays for uh, for getting a divorce. Now, it's a sensitive subject because women, especially, they're the ones that 99.9% are always the ones that benefit from it. So what I do is I essentially, I'm flipping the, the roll around and I'm talking about guys that are getting paid a lot of money, okay, in uh, divorce settlements because their spouse, because their spouse, their wife makes more. So guys have a financial incentive now, incentive now to be great husbands and support their wives. Um, uh, that way, if things don't work out, they can they can cash out uh, as they uh, as they get a divorce. Now it's funny, and it's and it's funny when you think about that in the roller reversal kind of way. Don't take my material. Come on, shit. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's just funny when you when you think about it in general because if you think about it like that, it's perfectly fine. But if I talk about women first, it sounds like I'm attacking women, right? Dr. Dre, for example, his wife, uh, the rapper, his wife uh, just won a divorce settlement where the court awarded her $2 million per month, you know? And all the women, I'm being honest, a lot of women are like, yeah, good for her. Good for her what? She didn't do shit, you know? I'm not saying she wasn't a great wife, Okay, but there's living expenses, 
okay, and then getting paid. I'm not talking about a court awarding someone to be able to live life and be single or alimony and stuff like that. I'm talking about getting financially rewarded based off of uh, the overtime, hours, days, minutes, months, years, etc. that their significant other put into it shouldn't be collected um, after the fact because you did less. And that's that that's perfectly logical, but right off the bat, it already sounds like it's kind of controversial. You know what I mean? So um, there's no way you can say $2 million a month is going towards uh, uh, living expenses. At that point, you're just getting like an early retirement. Um, and, and women don't like to hear that, okay? Because they're like, hey, in a weird way, they know that it's a financial opportunity that, that they could be making, okay? I agree with you, 100%. If I could get half of everything for do, doing nothing, I would. All right, sign me up. I'm down, right? Um, and I, I'm, I'm already kind of getting into my material and I'm not trying to do that right now at all. Um, but it just serves a good point when you think about it like that. Fair is fair. So when you compare both situations, a guy to a girl, if it's not fair, then a girl to a guy, it is fair. It's hypocritical, right? So... Um, you know, that's just that's just reality of the situation, and the reason part of why I talk about that is because I have a later set which I will be developing somehow, some way with this Corona open mic epidemic, etc. Um, I'm going to be talking about prenups and the prenuptial agreements, why they are logical and how they're funny. How prenups are basically it's like financial security because um, uh, when you when you have a lot of money, there's something called um, uh, it's called like a, uh, what's it called? It's like a, there's a term for a financial risk and the whole joke is whoever making less money, then you're the risk. Um, again, please don't take that material. Okay, come on. Um, but, but it's true. It's true. So anyway, um, I got a lot of errands to do, but it, it's, uh, I'm always staying consistent on this channel. I'm going to have it grow. But uh, I'm looking forward not just in growing with uh, my viewers and listeners and whatnot, but also uh, the base of people that want to hear me do comedy. Um, because I, I, I'm really working on more rewarding, uh, more challenging topics because that's it is more memorable and it is harder and it's a bigger reward, in my opinion, to say something that's not just like an easy laugh or acting funny comparing to saying something that's more serious and getting a higher response than something that's just very softball. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's it. I'm in a really good mood. Um, uh, I would rate this because of my standards. I would rate my performance yesterday in a one to 10 to six. I really would. Um, and I gotta be perfect. That's me. Right. Um, but part of what excels me is knowing not just what I did not do correctly or that I could have done better, um, but working on how to improve it. And I'm already thinking, I already have multiple different ways of, of how to address something like that. So I'm not going to get into it. It's, it's kind of technical when it comes to like microphone handling or, you know, stopping and getting something situated or figured out or something and then carrying on and maybe even making a joke out of it or something like that as I'm going. Um, but uh, I'm always improving. I take this very, very serious because I have two passions, uh, and that's comedy and jujitsu. 
And um, again, if you, if you want to try it out sometime, I highly advise you, you just train. Just try a beginner course at your local place that you can do jiu-jitsu at, provided by it is open, right? Depending on what state you're in. Because I guarantee you, if there's something that you're passionate about in life, um, and 99% guarantee, right? If you're something that you're passionate about in life, it will indirectly and directly assist you with problem solving once you leave jujitsu and you're applying these different problem solving techniques uh, to just sort of free your thoughts up to attack and work better on whatever it is that you're passionate on. In this case, it's uh, comedy. So, and not just that, it's uh, jujitsu is so much fun and it's great exercise and everything else like that. I know so many guys who said that they don't ever, they're not ever going to go to a gym again, really, because of how much of a workout uh, doing jujitsu is. So, but anyway, uh, uh, peace be with you all. Hope everybody has a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for your time. I'm Binge Well Done. Check me out. Hit me up. I'd love to talk to anybody, anybody that's listening. Uh, conversate, get a dialogue going, everything. Uh, and that's it. All right. Have a good one. I'm out. Peace.